0: everybody and welcome back to Beauty Brains in the Big Mouth the podcast. My name is Kim and today we are having another segment of Financial Fridays. Uh, so today's topic is pretty interesting. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I got to geek out a little bit um, and so we're going to be talking about digital currencies and NFTs. Really really popular topic these days and I feel like there needs to be a lot more education on these particular um, pieces because a lot of people are getting into it and I don't think they really know exactly what they're getting into except for what people are telling them and it's the type of people that are giving the information that can be a little bit tricky. So I'm going to try and keep this as simple as I can. Um, It tends to get a little complicated when you start to really dig into digital currencies. Um, But I'm going to try and keep it like surface, if you will, Um, just so we can have kind of like a basic understanding. And then by the end of it, if it sounds like something you still want to get into, at least you have some kind of you know, rudimentary knowledge um, and maybe you won't lose all your money. I don't know. Um, so let's get into it. So basically, digital currency, some people feel is the way of the future. Um, but all of this kind of uh, came about when People, and and you see this cycle all throughout history, but people have their ups and downs with the banking system and centralized banking in general. So digital currency has become kind of like a way to get away from central banking. Um, A lot of digital currency is decentralized and so that is the allure for a lot of people. Um, Digital currency has kind of, well, I would say the types of digital currency has exploded Um, over the past few years. You are hearing about a new coin every other day. Um, So that's something to kind of be wary of. Um, You know, we're going to talk about kind of like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, just kind of like the older ones, the ones that you hear um, that you have heard more about um, versus the newer ones. And you'll kind of understand why once we get into a little bit more of the details. Um, But with digital currency, like I said, because the vast majority of it is decentralized, um, there's got to be some kind of correlation between um, what you would have going on with centralized banking on the decentralized end. Um, So digital currency, i.e. would be the equivalent to you know, money, physical, actual currency, and then what you do is you hold your digital currency in a digital wallet. So your digital wallet is akin to like a bank account. Um, it's supposed to be stronger uh, than, say, like your bank, your typical bank account or centralized banking, because apparently it is immune to being devalued, whether intentionally or unintentionally, by the government. So that's a big draw to a lot of digital currencies. Um, It's supposed to be immune to devaluation, but a lot of digital currencies are very volatile. They're not very stable. So if that's something that you're into and you're kind of tracking that, you can see a lot of peaks and valleys uh, for digital currencies in a very short amount of time. Which makes it kind of risky if it's something that you're thinking about for investment purposes, for income purposes, things of that nature. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. Um, But I will say one of the appeals is that it takes out the middleman. So basically, if you think about today's banking system, the bank is basically the middleman. It's like you and your money. That's what stands in between you and your money. So I know there's a lot of people out there that that complain about all of the fees and, you know, what it takes to just maintain a bank account and all of those things. And the fact that the bank is literally just a place that holds your money and, you know, all of that jazz. So this kind of takes out the middleman Individuals can interact without oversight or intermediaries, which can be a catch-22. So it can be a good thing because there is no middleman, there's nobody kind of trying to take a piece of the pie, but also with no oversight and no intermediaries, it can be very, very, very easy to get taken advantage of and to get scammed. So hold on to that because we're going to get into more of that as well. So... Like I said, there's types of digital currencies like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. I think the latest one I heard about was dog. And it could be like super old at this point. We know how fast technology moves these days. Um, But if you take something like Bitcoin, basically Bitcoin is an all electronic peer-to-peer currency. So the big idea behind Bitcoin is the fact that it is decentralized. That was the big pull in the beginning, right? So banks and centralized currency are basically the devil. This is how these digital currency um, kind of enthusiasts think, right? So they're the devil. And so we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to the other extreme to try and fight the devil. So we're gonna go with electronic currency, decentralized, all of that jazz. However, if you really get into it and you break it down, digital currency, crypto, it's not, it doesn't really right any of the wrongs that are perpetuated by the banking industry. So the idea that this is, you know, the next level, the way of the future, um, a lot of what went on in the beginning, which, you know, pulled a lot of people was kind of like this, anti-capitalist idea that you know the person could be in charge and they would have more of a say over you know their finances where their money was spent how it was spent who was getting a piece of it that type of thing but as you dig further and further into the inner workings and things of that nature that's not really the case so that's kind of like strike number one right you found it on this idea of being everything that's you know of, of kind of combating everything that's wrong with the system which when we get into it we'll start to see that it really doesn't it's not a remedy for any of those ills it kind of just perpetuates it further so if we think about Bitcoin it's an electronic peer-to-peer currency so you're thinking you know well what can I do with Bitcoin how do I get Bitcoin that type of thing well, the idea with a lot of digital currencies is that you have to get in early. So that's kind of one of the things for a lot of people, which is how they've, I guess, quote unquote, made their money. You have to be an early adopter. And so you, but You, of course, just like with how many things work even today, especially in investing, you buy low and you sell high. And if, you know, one of, The other ways of kind of getting into the game, so to speak, with digital currency or Bitcoin in particular is like um, storing it or maintaining it, doing maintenance on it, that type of thing. But the problem with Bitcoin is that it's expensive to produce, it's slow, and the actual value of the coin is very unstable. So just like earlier, when I was saying digital currencies, you can see a lot of peaks and valleys for them in a very short amount of time the value of most digital currencies is 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 pretty unstable especially when you compare it to other investment opportunities that already exist Um, you can read up on the the stableness or not of digital currencies and you can see where Some people will make that distinction of what's a little more stable and what's a little less stable. But then when you look at the more stable column, you can still see a large amount of volatility. So that has to be something that you're comfortable with, especially when it's something that you're kind of dealing with. The fact that it's slow There's a process with Bitcoin and how to produce it, um, how to use it and and what that means. So when people start talking about Bitcoin, of course, you're going to you're going to hear blockchain. So we can we need to talk about blockchain. You got to understand blockchain if you're going to get into it. So blockchains activities are basically what's behind Bitcoin. Right. So a blockchain. It consists of two parts so you have the ledger and you have the consensus mechanism. Currently all blockchains use an upend ledger which only allows new transmissions to be added at the end of the ledger. So blockchains are just a long tra- ch- long chain of transactions and the uniqueness comes from the fact that it's decentralized. That's all a blockchain is. It's a long chain of transactions. And so you can only add new transactions at the end of the chain. And so here comes the other part of that, the consensus mechanism. And so basically an example of a consensus mechanism is like proof of work or proof of stake. That'll make a little bit more sense when we talk about how you actually make money with digital currencies. So one of the other proof of work or proof of stake is used in validating the transactions so both have their pros and cons or cons and less cons i should say so when we're talking about bitcoin we're talking about blockchain here comes the problem storage not there's not enough and the process is extremely slow also, when you start thinking about blockchain, it's very, very hard, if not near impossible to, to kind of um, tweak the chain, so to say. Like if there's a change that needs to be made because transactions can only be added at the end of the, tra- the chain and you need to go and make a change to, you know, one of the first transactions that came in is very very hard if not impossible to do that so That's where there comes in a a lot of, of issues as far as Bitcoin is concerned, especially if you're thinking about producing it, especially if you're thinking about mining it and things like that, because when you start talking about storage, we're talking about digital mediums here. So where is where's digital stored? It's stored on actual computers. It's stored on technology. So you need these servers. To actually store the blockchain and and can you imagine the bigger the blockchain the more servers you need so there enters in another conversation about not only storage being an issue how much storage you need where you're going to actually house your storage because we all know that once you get a bunch of servers in a room it gets pretty warm in there right you you got to keep it cool in there, or you're gonna have some problems. So there's another unique conversation that comes in when you start talking about digital currencies and especially storing them, because you have some environmental impacts. Now we're already living in a world where climate change is real, um, weather is off the chain, and we are. We're going down in flames, okay? And if you don't believe that, then, you know, stop listening now. But <laughs> there's already some real environmental issues that we are dealing with now. So then you you start this conversation, you know, about digital currency and is this the way of the future? And we have to find some different ways to store it, some different ways to produce it because that comes with some pretty... Big environmental ramifications bigger than what we are seeing with, you know, centralized banking today. So that's another issue there. So since we're talking about, you know, blockchains, bitcoins, that type of thing, um, what people often wonder, like, how can you make money with digital currencies? That's the big The big question, that's what everybody wants to know. Well, why should I get into crypto? What does, what is this doing for me? You know, that type of thing. Well, there's actually a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, Whether or not you're actually going to make money, that's another question. So, um, one of the ways, um, the most popular way to make money with digital currency, obviously, is to buy it and hold on to it. And when the price rises, then you sell it. So again, you buy low and you sell high. Um, Most of the investors buy coins such as Bitcoin or Ethereum is one that you'll hear a lot about, uh, Litecoin, Ripple, coins like that. And the more you wait, the more their value may rise. So once their market prices rise, then you sell it at a profit. So that's one way that you can make money off of digital currencies. Um, another way is that you can earn dividends. So you can earn cryptocurrency dividends. So you just have to be buying the right coins that actually pay dividends. So a few examples of coins that pay out dividends are um, C E F F, Neo, um, Cost that C O S S. There's a couple of more. Um, that pay out actual dividends. So you can buy the coins, hold on to them. And again, it's like a regular stock thing. If it does well, then they pay out a dividend. The kind of what a lot of people seem to be getting into lately is that you can run cryptocurrency masternodes now this is where the idea of the blockchain comes back this is where kind of um mining comes into to stake that type of thing or how you can make money that way so a cryptocurrency masternode um so what is that they're full nodes that motivate operators of the various nodes to execute their roles in operating a blockchain. I know that sounded extremely complicated, (laughs) but the blockchain has to run, right? So the nodes are what's helping it run. So in other words, a master node is a cryptocurrency, full node, or a computer wallet that maintains a real-time record of a blockchain's activity. So it's a computer wallet, it's a digital wallet, That holds the blockchain activities. And so the like I said, a blockchain, all it is is a list of transactions. So the idea behind masternodes, it's a bit technical, but running crypto masternodes is one of the most popular ways of earning like passive income in in the digital space. So how you make money is many cryptocurrencies pay node operators to maintain a real-time record of their activities on their native blockchains. So somebody has to be maintaining the blockchain. Somebody has to make sure that the blockchain is running like it's supposed to be running and also, you know, uh, running the security and things like that. So the process can be like really complex and it requires one to maintain a certain minimum number of coins under the master node and crypto platforms prefer outsourcing to operators for a fee. So, I mean, if you've got, you know, all of these servers going and you've got multiple blockchains that need to be maintained and serviced, obviously, it's going to become so much that you can't do it on your own. That's when cryptocurrency um, companies would outsource and then you can make money by being one of those um, operators that maintain these masternodes. You maintain the blockchains and the transactions and you make th- make sure that things are running smoothly and you handle the security and all of those typical things. So that's when that's where like your proof of work and your proof of stake come in. Um, they have masternodes that include like Dash and... and Hi-dex. So you would run those. And again, it's all about the maintenance and maintaining the blockchain. So that, you know, it, that's where it kind of becomes a little bit more uh, difficult to understand. But that is a way that you can uh, make some money off of crypto if you want to. Um, there's all kinds of, of ways to actually make money in the digital space. Um, I, I don't know... How lucrative it is now. I mean, because what Bitcoin was first introduced like what twelve years ago. So the the name of the game in the digital currency space is that you are an early adopter, and it's usually only the early adopters that actually end up making money. So you know you got to keep that in mind uh, when you want to get into the digital space because it can be pretty lucrative, but you can also lose a lot very quickly. Um, so there's actually, there's many other ways, uh, that you can make money. Uh, you can work for cryptocurrency, um, companies, um, that's a way you can do cryptocurrency content, you know, and that's just a sect- sector of digital marketing. So, you know, there's a way to get in there as well. Um, and you can even incorporate crypt- crypt- cryptocurrency or other digital currencies, um, as one of your own payment methods. So if you have goods and services and you want to build some kind of digital currency for yourself, you can accept digital currency as a form of payment. So there are many ways that you can make money. There's many ways that you can get into the digital currency realm, Um, but you need to be very aware of the pitfalls and also the problems that come into it. Like I said, with Bitcoin, the problem is, is that it's slow there's um an issue with storage and um the actual value of the coin can be very unstable. Um cryptocurrency and and probably other digital currencies as well. They run into where they run into their problem is like what can you actually spend digital currency on, you know? And the fact that the value of digital currency is very speculative. That's what adds to the instability of digital currency. Um, When somebody decides that something is a high value, then it's a high value. That's what speculative means. Um, But if, uh, say, a new coin pops on the scene and nobody's interested in it, well, that's it. You know, there's there's no value there. So you have to be very careful, especially if you're thinking about investing or, or especially if you're coming in on the ground floor of digital currencies and things like that, because, The value is so highly speculative that, you know, if nobody sees any value in the coin that you just purchased, you know, millions of, then you're just out that money. So you have to be very careful. Um, So we're talking about what can you actually spend digital currencies on? There's not too many places out there currently that actually accept digital currency as a form of payment. So this is where NFTs come in. NFTs are non-fungible tokens. They're digital goods, true digital objects. They possess attributes of both physical and digital objects, but they're supposed to be unique and scarce. That's what gives them kind of like that allure. So cryptocurrencies can be used to purchase NFTs and then NFTs in turn boost the value of crypto. So it's kind of like a cycle. That's why these crypto enthusiasts really jump on the train of NFTs and they're really excited about it and they really push it. And it's because the more valuable the NFTs, the more valuable the crypto because you can use the digital currency to buy the NFT. So here's where you get into kind of like the murkiness of it and and kind of things that you really need to be aware of. NFTs are really popping off lately. I mean, they're in every space. Um, We're talking about, you know, now we have the metaverse. We're talking about, um, you know, everybody selling NFTs and NFTs started off as like a digital artwork space um, where artists could actually, you know, make money from their work um, but it's morphed into so much more. I mean, NFTs have even made its way into higher education. You have some of the bigger universities that are actually auctioning NFTs for um, advancement purposes um, and things of that nature. So fundraising, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but it it gets kind of crazy because because of the cycle, because of, you know, crypto enthusiasts wanting crypto to be high in value and then nfts come in and they help boost that that value there lies the gateway to rampant fraud that has infiltrated the marketplace all you have to do is get on twitter and you see you know this one and that one complaining about how you know this was stolen and this was stolen. And, you know, again, where do you keep your NFTs? Well, you keep it in a digital wallet. Somebody hacks your digital wallet and, you know, they have all your stuff and and there's nothing really that you can do about it. So that's that's the bad part about it. But we'll get into more of that. So basically what happens is you start investing in tokens and that's like buying in at the ground floor of a project. Um, so. You're not buying the token for the sake of owning the token. You're buying the token with the hope and the expectation that someone else will buy it from you at a higher price than you paid. That's kind of the idea behind the NFT. So I get myself an NFT and, you know, it's one of, it's supposed to be super valuable, super rare. Nobody can get their hands on it. I buy it. I hold on to it. The value of it goes through the roof and then I find somebody that wants to buy it from me. So I've made all my money back plus some, you know, that's the idea. So NFTs have evolved into basically it's a JPEG attached to the concept of a thing that could become a future business. What that business is doesn't matter because whatever it is will increase the value of your tokens, so you need to buy now. So basically, like I said, it's highly speculative speculative and we're thinking about the future. So I'm gonna buy my tokens now and I'm gonna hold on to them with the hope and the expectations that the value is gonna go through the roof. So that way when I sell them later, I'm gonna make all this money. So the problem lies in the fact that the value is determined by public perception. Like I said, it's speculative. If nobody thinks that you have coins that are or tokens that are valuable, then you've just wasted your money because nobody's going to buy something from you that has no value. So really, this is a system that's built on real money because you have to have real money to get in in the first place. So that blows up anybody's idea about digital currency being the future and the system, you know, where we're talking about getting away from actual currency and, and, you know, just dealing in this decentralized nature. That's not really the case because all of this is actually funded by real money. So keep that in mind. You're going to have to invest your real hard-earned dollar to get into the digital space where there's a huge amount of volatility and a lot of speculation. And so you either have to have a lot of money or you just have to have a lot of faith. And so that is kind of like the catch-22 for digital currencies and NFT marketplace because a lot of people that are actually making money are early adopters and people with a lot of money. And unfortunately, those two happen to be one and the same. So, and the biggest part of this whole system is that it is ripe and frankly, extremely overrun with security issues and scams. And the biggest red flag is that there's no oversight or authority. So if and when you do get scammed, there really is nothing you can do about it. That's why I said get on Twitter and look at all of these tweets out there from some of these even celebrities that are, you know, complaining about how, you know, they've been scammed and they've lost, you know, a digital wallet that had, you know, maybe it only had a few, you know, maybe like 10,000 coins in it or even a few tokens, but still the amount of money that they've put into that to have it scammed away from them and there's nothing they can do about it. It's just gone. So they have to be okay with just eating that. So that's like, there's the security side of it, but then there's also privacy issues because nothing can be removed from the chain, at least not easily. So like I said, you think about your blockchain, it's that series of transactions. Nothing can be removed, at least not easily. And anybody can search the chain to find any kind of information. So I mean anybody, because it's out here, it's decentralized, there's no oversight. Anybody can get on the chain and try and find anything. That means usernames, addresses, bios, accounts, all kinds of personal information ends up on the chain. And this is really terrifying because all the data is kept in the same place. So that makes it really easy for those that have malintent to get out there and get a hold of a lot of people's personal information. So again, there are ways that you can get into the digital space and make some money and not have to have a ton of physical money already but as it stands now the people that are really making like major money are the people that have a lot of money in real life already and so for your everyday folks that are looking for you know a nice payday or some passive income it's it's kind of really not worth it. Um, unless you're really planning to devote a lot of your resources to it, and you really believe in it, you you might be better off just playing the lottery. <laughs> if you're looking for a place to kind of throw your money away, um, you know, if you're looking for serious investment opportunities and passive income opportunities, there are more stable opportunities that you can look to versus the digital world right now. Um, so it it just, to me, it just seems like it's the latest effort in trying to monetize everything, right? Especially with NFTs. I mean, like I said, it's in the name, it's non-fungible tokens. These are things that you can't even put your hands on. You can't touch. You can't even, there's nothing you can do with them. It's basically a JPEG that you see on, on this computer screen. And somebody somewhere said that that was worth a lot of money. And that just blows my mind, right? But it's just their latest trick into trying to attach money to everything. And that, you know, I mean, it seems like that's the way of the future. Like everybody's looking for a way to make a buck, right? And so this is not the answer that the anti-capitalists were looking for. And at the end of the day, the system fits right into the capitalist game that we're already playing, except that it's worse because it's so complicated. And it's super easy for even more people to get taken advantage of if you don't have at least a rudimentary knowledge of digital currencies, NFTs, blockchains, that type of thing. It's very easy for you to get swept up into it, listening to the wrong person and then lose all your money. Basically, what's happening right now is the rich are getting richer and the poor are staying poor. And, I mean, it's crazy. The whole topic kind of gives me part pyramid scre- scheme and part revelations from the Bible, you know, where goods and services can only be bought from, you know, can only be bought and sold from people with the mark of the beast. You know, it's like, it, it just, it feels like it's just one step closer into this dystopian society or the tribulation you pick. I mean, that's, that's what it has all the earmarks for. And it kind of blows my mind that there are people out there that are so into it. And I, I mean, I guess when you've invested the kind of time and resources that some people have invested in it, you have no choice but to be very enthusiastic about it and want people to to get in on it with you too. Which again, I say, pyramid scheme, but you know, it, it, it just... It doesn't seem like it's the way of the future. It doesn't seem like it's something that is going to solve any problems. This is not revolutionary. But, again, if it does seem like something that you want to get into it, I hope that you've listened to this. I hope you've made notes. I've hoped that, you know, it's answered some of your questions and um, giving you maybe some ideas of maybe ways that you want to get into it. Like I said, you can get into it without having a ton of money and, you know, still find a way to, to make it work for you um, and that type of thing. There there are many, many different ways, and I'm sure that there will be more ways. This is just what's out there now. Um, it seems to me that this would have, or at least one of the red one of the other red flags for me is that we've been dealing in digital currency for quite some time now. Like I said, Bitcoin was on the scene 12 years ago. And in the tech world, 12 years is like a millennia. So it seems to me like if this was as revolutionary and as exciting and as a big opportunity as people like to make it seem, that it would have taken off a little bit quicker. Like it would have be like, you know, we'd all be into digital currency. We'd all have digital wallets. You know, the centralized banking system would literally be a thing of the past. And that's not where we are. And so... I think that if the digital space is something that you're going to get into, tread lightly. Um, Tread lightly. It could be an an option to diversify whatever your current investment, um, you know, uh, efforts look like, uh, but I would not put all my eggs in one basket. And that is all I'm going to say about that. So yes, this one was kind of a long one, um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, it's it's an interesting topic. There's a lot to cover, a lot more that I could say that I just don't want to continue to ramble on about Um, but I hope that in all of this you did find something that was useful if nothing else I hope it just gives you a little bit of information so if you ever encounter anybody that's talking about crypto and NFTs digital currencies and things like that if you can't offer anything in the conversation at least you will understand a little bit of what's going on. And that's all we can hope for, right? So I hope you enjoyed this latest segment of Financial Fridays. Please tell me what else you want to hear about um, because this is for you guys. Again, like I said, what we are hoping for is financial fluency on the way to financial wellness. And so I want to give you the tools that you need to get there. So if you're listening on Spotify, please visit the episode description and leave some comments there for what you liked, what you didn't like, and what you want to hear more of. Um, As always, I hope that you enjoyed it and stay tuned. Bye guys.